Welcome to the Town and Country Podcast, Two Churches, One Ministry. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful day in Cedar Falls. I am your host, Jonathan Illion. And for the last time in this series on Ephesians, we have with us Pastor Kevin Richter, who is the pastor at St. John's Lutheran Church in Rhinebeck, Iowa, and Reverend Dr. Gerald Kopanka, who is the pastor at Emmanuel Lutheran in Cedar Falls, Iowa. What a joy it has been to have you both with us during uh, this uh, study on the book of Ephesians. We're so thankful for your insights and your commentary, and we're ready to sum it up today with chapter 6, which is on the final chapter of Ephesians. So for those of you that are new to our podcast, we are working through a total of six weeks of each of you preaching your own sermons on the same chapter in Ephesians. Each week, the two of you are speaking about the same chapter, but your sermons have turned out to be just different enough that you're able to offer different insights into the chapter that you're covering. So for the final time, we're going to go back and compare notes on your sermons for today. So I can't remember who was first. Oh, it's Kevin, it's the young buck. So we're going to start with you. Are you ready? I don't ready? know that it's actually my turn. I think that was just seniority I, rules, but that's I fine. Seem, I'll go first. I'll go first. I seem to remember. You seem to have the most to say. So yeah, yeah, no. And and he. It turns out his stuff turns out to be better than yours, Pastor. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, it's just... oh, that hurts. <laughs> Even though it's true, oh, your truth it's... often hurts. Oh, it cuts you to the quick. No, I'm totally joking. So, all right, Pastor Kevin, you are up first. How did it work out for you? Oh, good. I, I think you'd have to ask my people to truly know. But um, no, I really honed in on grabbing that last, because remember, I, uh, I saved 22 through 33 of five and paired that with six. And so... I actually grabbed the last verse I covered last week, verse 21 in, in chapter 5, of submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, and then looked at, you know, 22 through 33 is on marriage, husbands and wives, you know, 1 through 4 and 6 is ch- children and parents, uh, 5 through 9 is, is slaves and masters, but I took it to boss and employee, the workforce we understand today, and then really the whole armor of God being the church today, and so these are four relationships that St. Paul is drawing us into to show us these are holy relationships. These are relationships that we are called to uh, be a part of, and we're called to be set apart, different from the world. And we can only do that if we submit to one another, not because I think you're greater than me, or I think the husband's better than the wife, or any of that. We submit out of reverence to Christ. And so it's these are God's relationships that he has designed. We have to live in his will, his His design, and so he is the one who's superior that we submit to. So, you know, husbands have a role to play, wives have a role to play. We don't do that, you know, to serve each other as much as we do to serve Christ. That out of reverence for him, we submit to each other in these roles and then see that it is a holy relationship that is good for us and that it is set apart, and we have to be holy in that, not looking like the rest of the world, which is so hard to do. And same thing with children's parents, you know, how we run our home and how we raise our children and, and work, how we serve as an employee or serve as a boss uh, uh, in the church, how we put on Christ and stand firm against the enemy. All of these things come from, really, you have to go back to chapter 1 because we are in Christ, and you have to go back to chapter 4 because we are holy, set apart, 
and because we submit to Christ out of reverence, you know, submit to his will out of reverence for him, that we can be a Christian husband and wife in a holy marriage. We can be a Christian parent and child in a holy family. We can be a Christian boss and employee in a holy vocation. We can be part of the one body of Christ and stand firm against the enemy because this is who God has called us to be in Christ. And so just a fun way to kind of wrap up chapters one through five all together. Okay. All right. And so Pastor Kapanka, how did yours uh, skew? What did you do that was maybe a little different or... uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, that that's kind of where I had intended to take this, this whole concept of, of following in the, the relational nature of what Paul has given to us as now they are redeemed in Christ, and we've got these relationships that we live in. And I was all ready to, to, to follow that pattern. I think when we first talked about this, this was the outline that I laid out. But as I began preparing this, I kept being drawn back to the first word in in uh, verse 10. Um, and And it just kind of bugged me. Uh, Paul has given us his entire uh, epistle, and then he gets this word, and he says, finally, finally. He's written this whole thing about who we are, how we're redeemed, how we live, these relational relationships. But I I think in in verses 10 through 20, he set that aside from the rest of the the epistle. Finally. Um, And so I, I pulled that out, and I said, I think this is this is significant, different than than those other relationships, husbands and wives, parents and children, employee, employer. Um, and this is this is focused, and this is where I took it, is, as I said, you know, he has set aside to say that in all of these relationships, we have to say, above all these things, let us never forget that we're living in a spiritual warfare, um, and that the spiritual warfare is, is above all these things. Um, and so I... I pulled out of that, be strong in the Lord, the whole armor of God, and I pulled the kind of the three-point out of that. Uh, know that you are in the spiritual warfare. Know who the enemy is. As living in, in this world today, the enemy is not, you know, the culture. The enemy is not, you know, your spouse or your parents. Or the enemy is not, you know, the people across the street or the people coming across the border. The enemy is the enemy. The enemy is the devil and his schemes against you, and and that's why we've been given these these uh, this armor of God to put on. Secondly, know who the Lord is, uh, and and who the Lord has given us these this battle that we can go into the the spiritual warfare. We have, you know, the breastplate and the and the uh, the uh, helmet of truth and all of these things that He's given us. And then finally, that we should be kneeling in prayer. And so I really honed in on just verses ten through twenty. Um, and focus on the fact that this is the 30,000 view. This is the, the looking from the top that while we live out our life in Christ, that we are living in a spiritual world. And so that's kind of the, the path that I took and just really honed in on that. Yeah, that's, I mean, I touched on that, but because I had so much to do with all these other relationships, I you know had to kind of shorten that. But I really talked about as you're trying to be a Christian husband and wife, as you're trying to be a Christian parent and child, as you're trying to be a Christian boss and employee, you know, you are at the same time in the church, and that automatically makes you a member. But the cool thing that I think I drew out of this, you know, we've preached the whole armor of God many times yeah. and done it children's sermon and stuff. And But the th- thing I kind of took out of this time, going through the whole book of Ephesians, is that in Christ, you know, this has been yeah. such a strong theme. Yes. And when you remove all the armor pieces and you just read, you know, what the actual attributes are uh, of truth, of righteousness, of yeah gospel of peace, of faith, of salvation, of spirit, of word of God. What is it other than Jesus Christ himself? 
Absolutely, yeah. You know, so how do we put on the whole armor of God? It's our baptismal identity in Christ. The same thing Paul has been hammering home. You know, so this is the conclusion of the whole letter. All six chapters have been building up to, now that you know you're in Christ, know who you're fighting against in Christ, know who you are in Christ with your armor, and know what in Christ means leading to eternal life, because you will stand firm to that day. You know, and so it just was cool. That's it's a different take than I've ever taken on it of trying to pick the armor apart of this is this and this is this instead of seeing, no, the whole thing is just in Christ. Yeah. I think we can get so easily caught up in the in the trees that we forget the forest. Yeah. Um and and by uh and I think the value of looking at this through the book rather than looking at through it, the pericope of the, this is we've been able to to paint the picture from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and that helped us see this whole thing and, and reach that conclusion that, you know, this is God's plan of salvation, you know, and then you can kind of see the pieces fitting together. That, And that's why, you know, when I, when I looked at this and, and I just, you know, that just jumped off the page that this finally, mm-hmm. it's almost as if Paul's saying, I've been getting you ready for this and now here it is, boom, right here. This is what, wraps it all together and ties it all together. And so I completely ignored, you know, the 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 first part which you picked on. And so I think there's tremendous sermon material there. There's great stuff there and and for our people to do it is what they really need is they need to go to your website and and to your uh, Facebook page and listen to your sermon, um, and then maybe come and listen to mine and say, this is really how to preach that whole chapter, because yeah. it, it's both of those. It's right. not in either or. Well, and I don't think that there's any way that you could possibly fit it all together and put it into a sermon where people would be able to to stay with it the whole time. It's such, there's so much material. One of the things that I um, picked up from your sermon today, Pastor, that I wanted to touch on today is the idea that somehow... Um, in um, whether it be through the media or or depictions of the adversary of the devil, we we somehow try and trivialize him. We look at him and and see him as a bumbling inept fool. He's he's someone that we need to wear armor for, right? If we're going to be fighting up against uh, him, and I think that was one of the things that that caught me the most, Pastor, on on your message was the fact that we we cannot underestimate what he does. And can you just uh, tell remind folks, they're going to listen to it anyway, right, folks? You're going to listen to the sermons anyway if you didn't hear it today, because it was both of them are, are good. So tell us where what what your main focus was on that. Just refresh our memory. Well, I think there's, there's two schemes that the devil loves to do to try to throw us off the fact that he's not real or that, that he's not a danger to us. Um, and one is is to you know, uh, the cartoonism in the sense that, uh, you know, we see him as the guy in the red suit with the pointy tail and the pitchfork and, you know, and he's, he's just a cartoon character. Um, and, and that's the one thing, or you can kind of see him in the Hollywood version where he's the Darth Vader, he's the, he's the Freddy Krueger kind of thing that in evil incarnate. Um, and so as long as we can see that, we know what it is and we can avoid it and we can kind of, you know, we're safe from that because we don't see it in front of us every day. That's one characterization that that we have to be avoided. The other one, which I think is much more dangerous and much more subtle, is what we get when we we say that the devil is is not real. Um, and this is where we, we get it from, you know, the comedians and the politicians and the music of our day. And, and we get it from, and as I mentioned in the sermon, some preachers uh, that try to say that, you know, 
God is love and there is no such thing as sin. And, and you know, as, as I, I think referenced in the sermon is John Lennon, Lennon's imagine. You know, imagine there is no religion. Imagine there is no heaven there. Imagine there is no hell. You know, that you know, this life is just good and we just need to make do. So as long as we can put devil and, and evil into those two camps, then we don't have to worry about it. And, and I think he uses both of those tools to try to convince us that there's this idea of spiritual battle doesn't exist. Um, you know, and, and then you can play that out into the relationships, you know, and, and you would take that into your know, role as, as husband and wife, our role as parents and, and children or boss and employee, you know, that, that you know, it's, it's really up to us to make righteousness on our own uh, terms. Yeah. And I think, you know, like you said, there's just so much. I mean, each one of these pericopes could be a... Oh, half-hour sermon in itself. I mean, yeah. marriage, you could preach a six-week series on just in marriage and, and raising children and that. Right. I mean, even to the degree that when, when I use verse 24, you know, grace be to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible, you know, and, and use that kind of as the benediction at the end of the sermon. But man, just what a powerful way to end that that kind of convicted me that I didn't have time left to touch that, that, you know, with love incorruptible, you know, that oh yeah, as you are in Christ and living this holy life in Christ and in these relationships in Christ and standing firm against the schemes of all the evil forces out there, you know, Satan and the, the world and our own sinful nature inside of us, this love in Christ is incorruptible. You know, he, he is incorruptible. And you could just go off on that, that whole thing. And it's like, man, that was hard to swallow just letting that be said and not say more about it, you know, because, yeah. <laughs> but it's just how that goes when you're preaching a whole book in six weeks. You that know? was and the hardest part is just saying, where do I stop? Because you just yes. want to keep digging. You just want to keep sharing and, and going further and, and, you know, you know, okay, let's preach this again next year because right. there's just so much left unsaid. Well, in this, you know, I, I wrote, man pages upon pages upon pages academic paper on this sermon and then had to go back and cut stuff out and everything I had to cut out was like painful because it's like I really want to say that but I have to keep this to a reasonable time you know and so it was this one was harder than any other just because he just wraps it up with so much powerful stuff right in the end that really really puts the rubber to the road for our everyday life as living Christians you know and and uh, one of the things I did with the Armor of God for the children's sermon is, you know, talked about if a bully's picking on you at school and you're going to bring something to shield yourself, defend yourself, you know, what do you want? And I had a little Halloween costume, plastic shield that, um, you know, is this going to stop the bully? No. And I had, had a cookie sheet, like, put it under your, your shirt, and if they punch you, it won't, you know, <laughs> hurt their hand. And, and then I said, well, what about water? You know, you bring a pitcher of water with you, and you pour it out, and that's going to stop the bully, right? And they're all, no, you know. But then drew it to baptism, that every morning we put on our water shield. Every morning we put on this armor of God in our baptismal identity in Christ, and that is truly what keeps us safe from all these, not from the bully at school, but from the evil forces at bay that's trying to really hurt us eternally. And, and just that reminder that every morning we wake up and put on the new self in our baptismal identity because we are in Christ. And just... Yeah, just so much good stuff. Now I want to go back and re-preach it, because I, I want to use that illustration. <laughs> can, can, can we do this again next Sunday? Because oh, yeah. that's a great one. I was like, oh, gosh, I should have used that one. Yeah. Oh, it's... All right, so now I'm going to ask you to do the impossible. I want you to each, and you can do it together. You can kind of brainstorm, but how do you summarize what you have taught over the past six weeks into one short 30-second synopsis? <laughs> Come on, lay it all down. We just told you that we had to throw out pages and pages of stuff. (laughs) I mean, I think you can just simplify it to, you know, we started with the theme of God's plan of salvation. You know, and God's plan of salvation is in Christ. 
And everything we talked about, all six chapters, is encapsulated into that because the gospel of what God is doing for us is in Christ. The blessings he gives us and the assurance we have is in Christ. But the holy life we live is in Christ. You know, the, the darkness to light is in Christ. The, the relationships, the armor, the standing firm, being part of the one true church, you know, all of these things are all, you know, the focus is Jesus, you know, and so Sunday school answer, it's so, just one word, Jesus. I was just going to say, it's the Sunday school answers. Yep. So that but, pretty well sums but, it up. But I do like that there's this unique twist of Ephesians that's in Christ. You know, it's not Jesus, it's Christ. It's his title. It's the anointed one. It's him as Savior and Messiah, and it's in him. You know, we talk about through him and by him and for him, and Lutherans love our prepositions and our tiny little words, but there is something to be said when you look at the whole book of Ephesians in him and what it means to live in him, be in him, find yourself in him in all these areas. That's That'd be mine. You You go. Just senior. what he said. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I want to hear from the Dr. Reverend Senior Pastor now. And Well, I'm, I'm glad that you read the, the conclusion of my sermon, because that's pretty much... <laughs> no, uh, you know, I, I can't say it any better than that. Uh, and you couldn't either, because we just simply uh, dittoed what St. Paul said. You know, it is in Christ. I mean, we are chosen from the foundation of the world in Christ. We are saved by grace through faith through Christ and in Christ. We are, you know, we are, uh, re- the mystery has been revealed uh, to you in Christ. You know, we walk in the manner worthy of our calling in Christ and imitators of God's love in Christ. And we are strong in the Lord and in Christ. It's exactly what you said. It's it's just that, that nature, that incarnation that Christ is in us and we are in him. Um, and so, you know, you can't say any better than that. No, and I hope that people walk away with that. You know, those two little words, they're easy to remember, they're easy to stick in your head, but they have such powerful meaning behind them that, you know, think of Ephesians, just think in Christ and all that that means. Yeah. It, Amen. It, it just, it is so incredibly complicated, yet so simple. And that we've proven that, that we've been able to have podcasts on six different chapters with six different ideas for, you know, 15, 20 minutes a piece, and yet it all comes down to in Christ. And so that can be a comfort to people. So once again, thank you so much for joining us for this series on Ephesians for the Town and Country podcast, Two Churches, One Ministry. Next week, watch for something completely new. We are going to be covering the minor prophets, starting with Obadiah. So be ready for a different experience. I won't let the cat out of the bag completely, but it is something new and innovative. So listen next week for the new series on the minor prophets. Special thanks goes out to our audio engineer, Mr. Dave Kaler. You are awesome, sir, and we thank you so much for your help. On behalf of Pastor Kevin and Pastor Kameka, I am your host, Jonathan Nillian. We invite you to come back next week, Sunday, as we bring you the next installment of the Town & Country Podcast. Thanks again, and have a great week. Music